Saying low, Apple Music. Hi, thanks for joining me once again for this, the latest conversation in our ever-evolving interview series. It's a place I feel very privileged to be able to have you know, honest conversations with people that inspire me and hopefully you and millions of people around the world, no doubt. Uh, great musicians, great artists, and great creative people. And today, I catch up with somebody who I've been talking to now for over 20 years. You know, I was a fan of Joshua Homme when he was a part of the very influential desert rock group Caius. But then after playing with Screaming Trees and ultimately finding his voice, he formed Queens of the Stone Age and the whole world sort of changed for me and for my friends. Their debut album, the second album, Rated R, these albums were never far away from us, our cars, our homes, our headphones. Wherever we went, these records went with us and that would have been enough. But over the course of 20 plus years, Joshua and his semi-revolving door of creatives and collaborators have given us just one progressive, adventurous, deep and heavy Queens of the Stone Age album after another. So how do you come back and make one of your best records after all that time and all that music? That would be real life. The ups, the downs, and everything that's been going on in the time since the last record. And this one is all wrapped up in a brand new album, In Time's New Roman. Myself and Josh, or at least I can say this, have always enjoyed each other's company and conversation. And this one goes into places we've never been before. And that's why I'm really happy you're here to experience it. Myself and the wonderful Joshua Homme from Queens of the Stone Age right here on the interview series. Thanks. Good to see you, man. It's good to see you too. It's been a while. Wow, you know, when I see friends that I've known for a long, long time, and I can call you that, I feel good. I feel good saying that. We've barbecued. We've barbecued many times. times. Yeah, we've had lunches. We've had emotional lunches. We've had times. <laughs> we've had we've had girl brunches. <laughs> Josh cried, and then I cried, and then Maggie laughed. She's such a little trooper. And then they're like, "Do you want to order?" Yeah, <laughs> yeah I do. I'll have the salmon. <laughs> <laughs> but when I haven't seen someone I'm really fond of you know, who's who's been going through it, um, like we all have in our own way, um, for the first time in a long time. Yeah, I get I get I get emotional. You know, we all go through it at one point or another, you know. We do. And I and I uh I was working with this girl Nikki Lane and she was uh she she hadn't made a record in five years and and uh she said, Well, I had to live to have something to write about. And so I just I always thought, Oh yeah, gotta just just keep living, man. I, this is very McConaughey, but... Uh, Do you know him? Not even in a casual way. I met him once in a virtual interview. He asked me to interview him for some for something to do with his whiskey. and uh, He's got a whiskey? Yeah, he's got a whiskey. And they introduced us. Uh, uh, Matthew, this is Zane. Zane, this is Matthew. And the first thing I said to Matthew McConaughey on a virtual call in front of a bunch of people was, Hey, Matt. And he said, anything but Matt. <laughs> That was my first. So you're off to the races. <laughs> off to a great start. <laughs> it took every tool in my in my box to get yeah. out of that one. But I think my grandpa would have been like, no worries, Matt. Anyways, we... <laughs> Double down. <laughs> Matty boy. <laughs> Mateo potato. <laughs> Matty boy. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's it's a... It's a great observation and and sage observation. The life that you live that inspires the art that makes us live our life. This is the this is the twist in the tale, right? That that you inspire us to go and live the, our our life. And and I think that um we get insatiable as fans. We we like the loop that you're in. I like a Queens of the Stone Age every eighteen months. You know, I like yeah. an album and a tour. It keeps me going. Um, but the absence of the band has made the heart grow fonder. And you must feel that now people are hearing the music and seeing shows. Well, I think there's a couple things. One of the things is I think that sort of leaping out of the darkness, um, the surprise, 
you know, once you make a record, but that, that coming out and the way that you come out and, and the sort of energy that you're putting out that just the pulling the pushing, the poking, the prodding that that's all done with love to people who love your fans, you know, and I, I enjoy that. You need to leave to do that. And so disappearing is, is really the mainstay of the art of reappearing. It's true. (laughs) It's true. And also I've known you for many years and, and, you know, some people, uh, they're playing and making art to um, to gain notoriety or, or make dough or or um, and that there's a, a so many different reasons and all those are fine with me. You know, I just for me, I just want it to be real, and that's very vague. But that means it has to be vulnerable and honest. I, I need to believe it's true, and I need to love it. And so I think in some of that hard times and difficult living and, and, and the sort of hallelujah that comes from surviving that stuff, that That's writing, the work. <laughs> writing the direct directly about that is totally necessary. I can imagine in a strange way that during those really tough times when lost, a lot, a lot of us are lost and are wondering what the purpose is that actually realizing in perhaps with a brief moment that, that that is your purpose in that moment to live that experience because it will ultimately end up on a record or in some artistic space gives you some kind of solace at that moment. Like maybe this is kind of part of my job. It's definitely, it's the job. Uh, and, and, but, but I, I think moreover, you know, much like the internet is this virtual place. You're on that now? Finally? Uh, actually, I gave that shit up. I don't even fucking care. You never got on that shit. We <laughs> Fuck about all that. I was, I was for like six months and I was, I thought this makes me feel terrible. Fucking dude still has a Yahoo account. <laughs> Yahoo! <laughs> See? <laughs> it's bitching to say, that's a great word that should be in all languages. Even the German should be like, Yahoo! Well, I think we can claim that back now. <laughs> I think that belongs to the yeah, internet anymore. <laughs> I'm just going to take this coolest guy ever on, and just take his last name and make it my company. Here we are, Tesla. Just gonna, yeah. The Yahoo is like this. <laughs> Here you go. You can have that Yahoo! back. Yahoo! Exactly. <laughs> I'm on yeehaw.com, which is uh, yeehaw. It's a dating site. It's like farmers and cowboys only. That may have already been taken. Well, what I was saying before I was so rudely yeehawed was uh, I yeehawed myself, frankly. Yeah, I yahooed you. I yeehawed my fucking self. I yahooed self. you and you yeehawed yourself, bro, whatever. <laughs> well, I've been yeehawing myself out for... That's English, though, ye old whore. <laughs> <laughs> We're going out the box, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. I wondered when it was going to happen. Uh, yeah, but what I was saying is that, uh, you know, there's that virtual space inside. It's like when you when you feel when you feel not so great, and you just pick up an uh, acoustic guitar and, and you're sitting on the edge of your bed and and you have this feeling and you figure it out. That sort of virtual space inside that gets that feeling like I think I. I think this is it. I think I got it. It's it's so like the weight lifts off your shoulders, you know. Is there ever too much pain to even pick the guitar up? Well, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I, I I I I uh I had a lot of trouble uh, agreeing to get involved with this uh, record just because there was so much to still to figure out. To say the word agreeing would suggest that others were urging you to get involved. There was in a little that. bit of, um, of uh, urging. Who's the most urgent? I think um, the guys were like, this is your only way 
to successfully lift this off of you. It wasn't about going on tour and making money and that stuff. Yeah, it was, it was like, um, how are you going to be all right if you don't do the thing that makes you all right? Did it feel like a bit of an intervention? Was it that? Did it get to a point where you felt like the guys were like, look, do you think they had a conversation before they had a conversation with you? Well, they must have. <laughs> they must have. Because it but, was but, so choreographed. <laughs> <laughs> well, but it was... It was like the Backstreet Boys of emotional discourse. <laughs> <laughs> Done in a real Backstreet. <laughs> in comes Troy. Josh, I think. <laughs> <laughs> but, but set in a real alleyway with... <laughs> by the trash. You know, but I... Um, That's love. That's friendship, though. It was delivered in a... Um, if not this, then what... And and uh, uh, and we recorded stuff about two years ago, but I didn't sing anything till November. I just couldn't. And it, it was it was just Mark uh, Rankin and and Mikey and and I because it was almost like uh, someone asked about guests. You sometimes you guests, and that's always just to fuck around really and just have fun. Well, you you know you know a lot of good people. But when you're going to sing about stuff that's truly uh, agonizing at times, you know, it's just you you want to do that in the dark alone. And when you're trying stuff for the first time, you want to fail by yourself so that it's not, so that you don't add embarrassment to it too, you know? You know, you, it's got to get to a point, <clears throat> a surface level where embarrassment isn't even an option. Well, so many of my lyrics start for the first 50 drafts. They just read like teen goth open mic <laughs> dream journal. You just always, like <laughs> dream syndicate? You're like, you're like a bad Wayne hussy. I, went, I, was in, I was in Joshua Tree once at this coffee place called Jeremy's. It was many years ago. It's not there anymore. It was like that open mic and there was this kind of, you know, uh, large and lovely goth teen and she was, she and we're going to have Stephanie come up and, you know, everyone's like, and she's just like, fuck you, mom. <laughs> And then she starts screaming, pussy. And just I was just like, oh my. And at the end, I'm looking around and everyone's fucked up. And I'm the only one. I'm like, that's oh, awesome. <laughs> and my lyrics start a lot like, like that. that. You got to live the life to get the art out. That's the headline so far. And I think, but I think even you probably weren't expecting it to um, be so much, there to be so much life. I, I, I do feel that we go in phases of life where there's just a lot going on and it's, and you just, you realize you're so out of control. Um, I was trying to think about about when I feel like the roller coaster came to its natural conclusion and you had to get off. You're back on it now, by the way, yeah. but you had to get off it. Yeah. And I do think it was probably not to try to create a start time in trauma, but but Anthony Bourdain, the loss of Anthony, seemed to start quite a long period of loss for you. That's exactly correct. Uh, and, you know, um, things surrounding the Bataclan and the... the <clears throat> and, um, start losing friends and, and people, you know, on, and situations and, um, um, and, but I, 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 you know, I never feel like any of that stuff is directed at me or anything like that. Or I, I, I don't, you know, and I'm not much of a wallower. I just, there's no why me attached to it. No, no, because, um, because you're here, <laughs> you know, I mean, you know, I don't know. No one knows the answer to most of the big questions, except I, I'm comfortable with why are, why are we here? And, and the temporary answer for me is because you are, so get started. And you won't, it won't be long. And, but that's been the purveying element for me is that it won't be long. You know, it's okay if Rome is burning and the Titanic is sinking. You will hit the water. I'm just saying 
if the Titanic is sinking, that means free oysters and the bars open. Because <laughs> I could get one more song in. Right, and I'm in the band, so it's like, yeah, hit it, boys. Hit it. Who wants to fucking tango? I just feel like, yeah, of course it can hit the water. And I'm just saying, what do you want to do with the time we have left? And And, you know, I think that's why I'm not huge on telling people what to do, especially in our music. It's like, you know who you should vote for? Go fuck yourself. Because I don't, that's not my, you know, in fact, I'll turn the lights off and I'll turn the music up so you can whisper about who you really want to be and what you really want to do. And I, and, and conspire, which is a word I love and create this safe space where you, no one tells you what to do and no one stops you. You just, all you have to do is not hurt anyone. And then you're, you can do whatever the fuck you want. Like I'm going to, we're, we're working on this whole tailgating at our shows heavy metal parking lot style yeah yeah you know yeah bringing back willful stupidity want to do something dumb come over to my house that's that's my that's my mantra for all this now you know i've always loved that philosophy in queens of the stone age there has been very much a pun it's not even a pun it's just a genuine reference to a wonderful moment a come as you are you know philosophy in the band yeah but I know you, Josh, you know, there are lines in the sand, you know, we spoke, we, we spoke live on radio one when Nick left the band, that was a line in the sand for you. Yeah. Yeah. There have been times we've had conversations where you're like, not on my watch, not in this band, not, not while I'm alive. Yeah. And so I love how open you are to the human experience and allowing people to let their freak flag fly. But I also know you do have a compass. Yeah. Well, you know, I have short people that live in my house, you know, and I, I, and I'd like to do the right thing. And I I made enough mistakes in my life that, that, but that I always, I always think, uh, you know, I guess, I guess, you know, it's important to me that my close people know that we did all we could for each other. I guess that's really the. That's where the compass is. Well, I wanted to ask you this with that being said. That was an emotional night on Radio 1. I thought about that the other day. That was so crazy that we did that. Yeah. That we spoke about Nick after leaving the band. The two of us live on radio. It was like... Especially a year or so on. It was, on. Like, it was, it was like, crazy. And it, and, and it was meaningful for fans at the time. Did it help Nick? You know, I mean, I think that's the... That's the dark mystery question is you just don't know. You know, I, I, I also think that in the case of, you know, parting ways with anyone or dealing with something difficult, you, in order to be, the adult thing is when you're doing something, even when you don't want to, and, and you're doing it in a way, because when you're a kid, you just don't want to do something. You just try not you to You just do cut it. someone off. You right. move on. Right. <clears throat> and you do it in a cruel way oftentimes. And I think... Being an adult is looking someone in the eye, and uh, whether it's a relationship of any type, looking someone in the eye and saying honestly what you're going to do. And then you need to be willing to listen to someone say, I get it, fuck you, whatever. They they should be allowed to be themselves too. But this is where the truth sits, from my side of it and from your side of it. We don't have to agree, but yeah. we know each other. Yeah. We know each other now. Yeah. I think these other, there's other forms that are a bit more cowardly and that are actually more hurtful than really, you know, uh, 
being honest about what you're going to do. I'm leaving, you know, and uh, and <clears throat> I think you give someone else the chance at least to be themselves too, since you're saying that's what you want to do. I'd like to be myself and 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 then trying to give someone else the opportunity. To be it's actually way. true to the philosophy of the band. It actually it actually maintains the principles that you established at the beginning, which is the party's open. Yeah. Well, I think I, I also think that uh, I've really come to understand that uh, uh, these you have these relationships, and when they're based on good communication, which is really what we're where we're at with Queens, especially now, the communication is better than ever. <clears throat> you know, sometimes when you're friends or lovers with people, it's like you're living these parallel lives, and you're trying to grow together, and sometimes you grow apart. And if you can actually successfully uh, understand that and say, okay, we're pulling apart, but I love you, you know, uh, then you have a chance at maybe growing back together another time. And, and you're also saying, thank you for the moments we've had. And, um, and I understand, I mean, because what was the notion that you thought every relationship that you cared about would go your entire life till you died? And if they don't, you're upset. I just, that's not, it's just not fair. And it's, it's a bit goofy. I'm not sure who told, you know, me that or or you that, but that wasn't that person. You know, that person doesn't work here. That's an acknowledgement on the record. That's definitely comes up a few times in the lyrics. This idea that not everything lasts forever, and that you've got to find a way forward through it. The words, wow. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. The, the words on this album are so deliberate and so interesting. I think it's the best lyrical exercise you've ever put yourself through. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. I, I, I worked really hard. It took me years, <laughs> actually. And and the in the end in the end, it all came quickly like a flash, and it was none of the drafts before. <laughs> it's almost like, you know yeah, because yeah, yeah, because yeah. it was almost these incorrect drafts that that serviced the pathway to get it right. You have to fall off your skateboard a thousand times, a thousand and, then, times. and then you get yeah. a kickflip and it's like, I can do that now. This is my religion. I really, I need it to be real or so I can do it. And I also really want to love it, but part, how do I love it? I want to love it because it's really honest and it's, it's who I really am when it comes to the words. And, and also like, I'd like to, and that means being afraid to say stuff. It also means just flat out saying things that are strange, like voyeurism jism at, yeah. at times too, which is just hard to do. It is you know, hard to I do. Mean, it's, 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 it's a the first time. Yeah. But the first time you're like, I'm like, I'm really gonna say that your your inner child is a spoiled brat. I don't know. I just I some things are just hard to get across your lips, and 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 maybe voyeurism jism is much easier than saying some of the emotional things that are true. Yeah. Like you're terrified. And, and, you know, you just are terrified and, but that's that I just, you know, I know that I, I would, I want to love what, what I've made with the guys and in the hopes that it will attract people that really love their music too, or lo the, can love it too. Like not being in the biggest band, but in the best band possible, or, or that even if it was five people, but they, but they were saying, you saved me and I love it. Then I would, I would think, <sighs> I would like breathe a sigh of relief, you know? It's just so, for me, it's interesting hearing you sing these words though with the band fired up behind you, 
because the music fired up behind you because there's so much vulnerability and there's so much self-reflection going on here. I'm sure a lot of people are going to hear this record and they're going to come to a natural conclusion that there's a lot of shade being thrown and this is a byproduct of a very public and divorce. But I actually hear a lot of self-responsibility going on in here too and a lot of vulnerability going on in here as well. I would never say anything about the mother of my kids or anything like no, that. No, I don't want I, you to. And, and, and by I, the way, I know the mother of your children. Yeah, I would never, I, I just, I would never do that. And, and but, but I also, um, or, or, and I would never, you know, I, I, by the same token, you must write about the, your, your life. And, and I think, you know, I'm kind of soundtracking my life that, that I guess that film of your life to use that analogy, it's, and it's okay to take moments like, you know, this, I can't live as living as one is the loneliest number. Then there's, there's, you know, <laughs> there's all these songs about, we will apply those to our life the way we see fit, but they're not about me and they're not necessarily about who. Yeah. 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 Right. But, but what I'm saying is, you know, these songs and the words that go with them are a, an emotional snapshot where you stop the film, you pull out one frame and, it, and, and one song, it's like, I'm lost. And then another one, I'm angry. And, and they, and they need to be these, these distilled versions of that. They need to be these honest versions of that, you know, because one drop of true reality is enough, you know, is enough flavor. And, and, uh, and, and, uh, so I guess I'm just writing about my life as honestly as I can. Um, and I don't worry about what that does from there in terms of commentary by others. You know, I, I, um, that's just too much work for me to pretend to care what, other people, <laughs> you know, I, I think the, the love, the, the hatred and adoration of strangers is like the flip side of a coin. And, and, um, but, but, uh, when you're not doing it for the money, that, that currency is worthless. You sort of, you know, I just, I can't get involved in what the people say. Yeah, you can't. I agree with that. In a way, it's none of my fucking business. It is none of your fucking business. <laughs> it, but it is a business for other people. <laughs> of course, thing. of course, that's the thing, you of know. Course. And it, and it is a it's a, it's an age old profession to go and analyze things that people make from primarily from a heartfelt subconscious space. Um, and with that, and, and, and in saying that, um, you know, I, I think one of the things if you asked a Queens of the Stone Age fan up until four years ago uh, what their primary observations about Joshua Homme is, that it would be like <clears throat> confidence powerful um energy um you know uh don't pity him no pity no time for pity get on with life be tough about it um but but again I, i'm just focusing on the lyrics and in amongst all of the the big statements that, that come through the songs is that is that i feel like you've been doing some work like you have had to take a step back and and pull that armor off. Does that does that make sense? Yeah, I mean, I don't think I've ever learned so much in such a short period of time. Can we talk about that? Because I'm big on the learning. At the end of the day, for me, this the record what is 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 completely about acceptance. You know, that's the key. You know, your my friends have passed, relationships have ended, um, difficult situations have arisen. Um, uh, I've had uh, my own like physical and health things going and things like that but um but i'm okay now and and um i'm a hundred percent responsible for 50 percent of what's going on you know what i mean like in any relationship you're responsible for your half and i i whether that's friends lovers or 
dog owners. You know, I, I, I think acceptance, I've always done a lot of big change, but I was sort of the engine of that change a lot of times. And so that makes that big change easier, so I, I would say. But in, in the last, you know, even seven years, you said Bourdain, and that's a good start for me, is um, I've been through a lot of situations where it doesn't matter if you like it or not, it's happening to you. And so I've been forced to sort of say, yeah, I don't like this and I need to, I need to figure out where, where I, where I'm at fault here or I'm responsible here or accountable here. And also I need to also accept it for what it is. This is the reality. Even if I don't like it, it would be a shame to hold on too tight to something that's slipping through your hands, you know, and, and, and not just accept it for what it is. And um, I just don't want to do that. I think that's the acceptance that this record ended up being about, you know. And 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 you know, someone else brought up there's so, oh, there's a uh, one song that's very angry, and it's like yeah, well, sometimes you get angry. Well, I don't know what you're saying, <laughs> you know. You're saying what are you saying? Don't do that, or it's just you're. Are you noticing there's one that's angry? I think you got in one. I think I think this is an album about acceptance, and I think that so much of the identity that we develop from a young age is about control. And and guess what? Rock stardom and being a really successful musician gives you so much you think you can control. Right? The illusion is super heady when you're in charge of an organization like that, and everyone tells you you're fucking great. It's like, oh, I have so much control. And then you realize that life has other ideas, and it's like shit. And then you got to come back to the music and figure out what it feels like when you've shed that skin. And that's what this album feels like to me. Like it's through and through Queens, everything I love about Queens, but I just don't feel, and can I say this? I'm just going to fucking say it. Yeah, go I love you. I just don't think you're in denial anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I, I, I think it would be impossible for me to deny the. I'm sorry if that's too, too on the, uh, too, no, no, I, too I bold. think, but I also think, um, this is where I should be. This is where I'm meant to be. And, and, um, you know, Although there's been a lot of difficulty, I'm, I'm not sure I would have it any other way because I wouldn't feel how I felt. And also little things like I got a parking ticket and I was like, I can handle that shit all day long. I, I, there's, there's a lot of things below my pay grade right now in terms of getting me a rise out of me. <laughs> you know, and yeah. I, but I, I, I also think I learned interesting things because I've always had these vulnerable moments, but you know, when you're, when you're upset or hurt or scared, you know, oftentimes my defense mechanism was like, you know, let's cut, let come and get me, you know? And I still obviously have that in me. I'm not, but I also, um, uh, I realized, you know, I, I've been sort of protecting my gentler side thinking I should protect even though it's the larger part of who I am. This is what I'm so, so fascinating to me and, I, and it's so nice to be able to hear that and be able to open this door to the conversation because when I first met you, I was in awe of you. Like, oh, everyone who meets their favorite musicians are just a big fan. I'm just like, man, I just get to fan out, right? It's like the purity of the relationship. I know my place. You know your place. Imp you're impressing me and I'm impressed. And then as I got to know you over time, I realized, wow, this guy is actually just a he's got like a really vulnerable side and he's a really honest guy and he's a really lovely guy and that whole like fucking six foot something rock star on stage the pirate of all pirates fucking nicotine valley. i'm like all right that's great but that's i know this other guy and it's really it's really cool that like i hear that on the record now and i hear that side of you now does that make sense well i don't think it was totally absent prior but i think this has been such a like a 
um, a tsunami of something that just couldn't be avoided now. And, and I, and also, you know, you know, I, um, there's this funny thing that's like, I, before the word surrender really bothered me. It's like to give up, I'm like, I'm not going to give up. And it's still something, you know, I giving up is not in my, I'm not interested in that. I don't think that, yeah, but there's but, a different, but, but there's then, a different thing but, to surrender. But then it's like giving in is totally different. And, and me thinking, oh, I could, I, okay. And feeling really good about that to giving in and letting something wash over me. And, and, you know, I've spent so much of my life trying to paddle upstream, you know, and then I'm just like, fuck, this is my river. Why don't I just drop the paddle and go down the river? My, it's my, f you know, I mean, what am I, you know, I'm fighting myself. You know, a plastic bag over my fucking head. It's just, I'm not, that doesn't make sense. I just, plus <clears throat> at the end of it all, what I got from everything is just, you know, looking at my littles and, 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 uh, and my family and my friends and just, and, and being like, fuck, I want to live really bad, you know? And I don't know exactly what that means, but it's like, even when we played, we did the first two shows and, and, uh, I was like, fuck, I want to live so bad. <laughs> You know, and, it, and it's a strange and vague, like lighthouse light that's like, whoa, whoa, I want to live. Trying to shine a light on something beautiful that you care about. Well, you you know? your senses are wide open, man. You're seeing and smelling and feeling and tasting things. You, I mean, I, I, and let's not forget that for a lo large chunk of time when you were touring in the first, what I call one 2.0 of the band, let alone Caius and, and was Screaming Trees and whatnot, dude. I mean, this is the band who, one of your biggest songs is just a list of drugs. Yeah, and, and, and it's a very accurate list. It's... <laughs> But you got to sing that song from a different perspective now, right? I mean, well, I do think that operating in the sort of gallows humor world that I've always lived in, where when life is good, it's funny, and when life is terrible and terrifying, hilarious. it's really funny. Yeah. <laughs> um, that sort of shit has that. I feel like that song survives. Oh, because, definitely, because it's more ridiculous than ever, and and the notion that it is, um, that it really doesn't say yes or no. It's you just know, a list. It's just a list, it's motherfucker. Just a list. And, and, but that's why when it got banned, I was like, yeah. you know, it got banned in England right away. And it was like, our lists are illegal. <laughs> <laughs> what else is on the list of what's <laughs> illegal other than number one lists? That's a good question. I wonder if you can, I wonder if cocaine comes up on the NYT spelling bee. Oh, that would be amazing. I wonder if it does. Especially, can you put it in a sentence that ends inside of my face? <laughs> <laughs> yes, um, I can put it in a prison sentence for you. <laughs> Five years, no parole. <laughs> He's back with new material, ladies and gentlemen. It's Joshua Homie. Um, uh, I want to get into the making of the record in a second, but, but while we're talking about the list, um, you know, we've talked about drugs before, man, and I never really felt like you got off them. You're off them now. How was the? How's it felt to get off them, and how has life changed for the better, man? Simple question, simple life question. It's a very simple, giant question. Oh well, I, you know, for me, it's also about like, you don't want to be the old druggie at a party. That's weird. This isn't the '60s. I'm, I'm not like, man. You know, I, I, um, I think, um, it's the natural baton pass of the next phase of my life, you know, I just, um, 
in that notion of I want to live, it's like, I think I've, like, I don't really smoke ciggies anymore either. And it's like, I think because I've done that enough, I've taken enough drugs to kill a small boy and just... I think that was my inner child, actually. <laughs> no, but it's like, I think that's, there's no need Whoa. for- <laughs> Don't get lost in the, in the laugh there, people. That was fucking real. Yeah, but I think it's fine. It's fine for me to try other things for a while now, too, since I did those. Like, I've got that covered, you know? Yeah. And, um, and you know, I, I still have a glass of wine, and I still, you know, I'm- I think Iggy has always been my inspiration. Yeah. You know, and, uh, you know, Iggy will have a few glasses of wine and, you know, talking to Iggy about how he went from a junkie that was a pariah <laughs> where, where, where people would say, you can do whatever you want, but just don't bring Iggy over here yeah. to, to someone that really is such a celebrated, venerated, um, uh, monument that he is so i have this i have this term i keep kicking around because we're both about to enter into our 50s right i just did you just yeah. did yeah yeah so i'm about to turn 50 pretty soon and uh i'm excited about it yeah. and people are like well that's cool it's like, good because of the choicelessness of it it's good that you <laughs> <laughs> don't fucking ruin my 50s bro right <laughs> i just want to ruin the start to it i don't want to ruin the rest of it <laughs> you get one day. Yeah. Um, Can't I have one day? Yeah. His, uh, Iggy kind of sums this up, right? Is is that he has moved through his life as he's aged with an with a, with a sense of excellence. I look at Iggy and I just go excellence. I imagine when he drinks red wine, it's really fucking good. It's and fucking good. Really fucking good. It's right? like it's like the price tags on it is like five hundred and twelve dollars. <laughs> what? Why the twelve? Where's the 12? <laughs> exactly. Where's the 12? <laughs> I won't pay a dollar more than five. <laughs> yes, you will. Now, yeah. I, I I, also think that he's done what Carl Jung would call, you know, uniting both sides of yourself. You know, he's so Iggy and I were at Lowry's, the steak place. Prime rib joint. Yeah. yeah. And he'd always wanted to go. He'd never gone. And Same. We're like, I've never we're like, been. Oh, it's fucking amazing. Yeah. And, uh, and, uh, <laughs> any hoodles would go to, Goddamn Lowry's, and uh, he's wearing just a vest with no shirt underneath, which is already a bit risque for Lowry's. Where the first time I went, I had to wear a men's mustard colored jacket. I was so stoked. It's they like, gave it to you? Yeah, they're like, Amazing. to go in here, you have to wear, and I was like, nah, and I was like, oh my God, this thing's. Congratulations. Amazing. I'm a man. You won the PGA tour. <laughs> yeah, that's basically. <laughs> Scooter McGavin just rolled it. <laughs> <laughs> Pick up your putts, would you? <laughs> well, maybe I might just happy go. Oh my god! <laughs> Anyhow, so we go in there, and and Iggy is uh, he just at one point was like, he goes, "Is it hot?" And I was like, "No." And then he just takes off his vest and puts it on his jacket. He's got no shirt on in Lowry's, and he picks up the steak and he's just eating it with his hands. And I and I was like, "That was a goddamn." Best thing I ever saw in my life, because he was just—I'm—he was being himself. It wasn't hurting anybody. He was just like I'm like this, and uh, he wasn't giving two wooden fucks. And they came over there. <laughs> the manager comes over and he goes, "I'm really sorry to say this to you, but could you please? Um, there's a—it's a health code violation for you to have, you know, your nipples out basically at dinner." <laughs> <laughs> it was like uh, and he was like oh sorry i'm sorry sorry about that of course 
but it just went back to eating the steak with his hands. It, it made me fall in love with him all over again because he was gentle and sweet. It wasn't an act of rebellion. No, it was like, I'm going to do me until somebody says I can't, and then I'm going to decide if I'm okay with that. Yeah, yeah. And if it's done, in a res- if the request is respectful, I'll probably, you know, I will listen to your side and put on my vest, <laughs> you know. And I just, I love that because he's sort of elegantly being himself. Yeah. You know, or as Oscar Wilde said, be yourself, everyone else is taken. My mum always used to say that to me, and that's the first time I've ever heard it quoted to Oscar Wilde, and it, it makes me really happy that my mum... Was was flinging Oscar Wilde at you? Yeah. Such a catty bitch. Not your mom, <laughs> Oscar Wilde. Sorry. Well... I want to be really clear right there. She'd probably go, nope, you had me in one. <laughs> <laughs> Hit the explosion, would you? Yeehaw! so open to all that now man it's like when i was a kid i wouldn't know what to do with that you know when you're a kid you're not supposed to know anything you're just supposed to see everything yeah you know yeah and i I do love i do love the aspect of music that is childlike where it's like do you want to play with me i mean we're still saying my guys are like you know hey do you want to play with me and at times you think not like that, but like that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And and but I just I think it's nice to use these same use the same lexicon that I would have used when I was five in order to be yourself. You know. I was so sad to hear about Mark, man. I've yeah, told me those too. I've, know, yeah. me too. I've told oh, those Mark stories so many times. Remember that time that we sat in, in XFM? And we were all smoking cigarettes. I used to smoke back then too. <laughs> the Do you remember? <laughs> Do you remember what Mark said? Do you remember? We both got up, and even you were like, "Mark, listen, they're exiting the whole building. We kind of fucked up. This is like three hundred people have to go out onto Leicester Square because we were smoking cigarettes, and we were ready to go. The fucking uh. fire marshal's outside, and Mark is sitting on that fucking wooden box, and he's finishing his cigarette, and he looks up. He didn't look up. He just goes, "I choose to die." <laughs> <laughs> I remember we walked by like a fire person too, and they're yeah. like. They're okay. like, did you see anybody smoking or any smoke up there? And he's and Lanning was like, I don't know, the, whoever it is, that son of a bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Do you remember that story you told me once? You probably told other people where you were having that real private conversation with them backstage at Reading or somewhere, and some kid was sidling up behind his his shoulder. Do you oh, remember that? Oh, what the so? Yeah. That that one? Yeah. No, that was a. Uh, oh yeah, and then the kid rolls up and he goes, man. I'm such a huge fan of your music. It's changed my life. And Lanigan's looking. He goes, "So, <laughs> <laughs> the best." The, the, and then he just looked back at me, and, and I looked over the kid, and I just like, <laughs> <laughs> like, so yeah. deflated, just like turning off the thing in front of the oil change place, just like Roar. It's the worst, but at the best. Oh my god, it's but, the best. But if you're gonna, it's like being insulted by John Lydon, yeah, like Johnny Rodden, where you're just like. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it's <laughs> you like know? the Macho Man Randy Savage coming up to the and go, grabbing your arms, go, "What are these? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what are these?" Yeah, you, know? So, <laughs> like, so the, you know, the the uh, the glory and the pain is is there. You know, didn't you? Were you having a private conversation with him as well? And some kid was just milling about for twenty minutes, trying to f- pluck up the courage to come up and tap him on the shoulder, and took one. Finally, plucked up the courage and took one bold step towards you guys, and he went, "No." He, go, yeah, he, go, he goes. He goes. No. <laughs> he said it like. He said it like you already know. Yeah. <laughs> it was also time we sort of with that band, uh, Trail of Death, and you'll know it's about Trail of Death. Yeah. And uh, the drummer kid, I think his name is Jason or something. Anyways, um, 
he's kind of hyper at the time. This was many years ago, and uh, on Songs for Deaf tour, yeah, yeah. and Lanigan, <laughs> Lanigan ends up beating him up. Right, they get in a fist fight, and Lanigan kicks his ass. Flash <laughs> in the alleyway in this <laughs> puddle of water. In the alley puddle, yep. which is, you decide. Yep. It's a dealer's choice of what's the liquid. Yep. Anyways, next morning, I'm talking to Lanigan, and he's, you know, going, God damn, a thing with this, and I'm laughing, because that was, my job is to just enjoy his him. crotchetiness, him, you yeah. know? which I did well, I did my job on that, and <laughs> uh, the kid, Jason, walks up and goes, hey, man, I'm really sorry I said all that stuff to you last night, and Lanigan's... He doesn't even look over and he goes, yeah, I'm sorry I kicked your ass. And it was, we're, <laughs> what are we, what about these sandwiches? They're broken. You know, he just moved on. <laughs> there was another moment, the moment he was fucked about his mind, and perhaps I was too. And it was the morning, so it was no business still being that way. Mm. And he he's kind of out on the couch, and Joey is making a sandwich, and, and, and uh, Lanigan just sits up like Dracula, like, you know, rises and he looks over at Joey and goes, "Where'd you download that sandwich?" <laughs> and just can't fucking get shit like that out of my mind. Oh, you know, but that's the thing. See, I think this is why I don't like to tell people what to do because I have had the blessing, the luxury, the pleasure of I'm being. Where'd you download that sandwich? Is which still, I, I can't get but I box. say that to my kids if they're walking, even though I don't want a sandwich. I often say to people, you know, or, or even just to to throw them off your scent emotionally where someone walks it's like what can i get you to drink and you look at the person next to you and go where'd you download that sandwich and then everyone's like what the fuck do i do and you're like give me a goddamn drink is what you do i don't know but i've had this luxury this and this pleasure of being around these truly idiosyncratic what certainly would be diagnosed today as like needs help sort of folks but i never and various states of sobriety and being and understanding and and uh, and I, I never sought to say like you know what you need to do. Yeah. I mean that's I, that's why letting people go in those situations has been really hard for me to get my head around because I don't really tell people what they're you you know what you need to do with your life, and it feels like having to take that step and parting ways in a harsh way. It needs to be very serious for me to do that. Because I don't know what you should do. And plus, I'm just enjoying you and accepting you for who you are. Because we're in the business of taking almost our mental health issues and turning them up. Like, you know, you've got trauma, turn it up. You know, I just, that's what we do here. And But, it's a, but it is a way to get it off your chest and off your shoulders. If you do this with that kind of honesty, you can actually become a better person, I believe. And you can get rid of that baggage and sort of be like, well, it's yours now, <laughs> you know, which is a bit of a diss, I suppose, but it's also done in a loving way, you know? And, um, you know, and that's why, and the thing I can't control is all this part of it. So I don't really try to control, especially now, I don't even try to control it at We all. can't control it when our friends get sick and we can't control it when, when love disappears. We can't, these are things we just cannot control. And... You know, my, my therapist said something to me because I was going through a lot of change in my life and I was in a fucking total mess about it. And he was like, yeah, you know, you're a real classic walking, talking exercise and trying to control the uncontrollable. Yeah. And I said, yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and he said, um, he said, think about change, man. 
is uh, you're always one step behind him. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, that's a Joshua yeah. homieism. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and and also, you know, I've just I'm a bit of a nowist, so I I try to get lost in the moment because um, I know it's fleeting, you know, and the past is the past, and five minutes from now is always five minutes from now, and and at times I've gotten too immersed in the moment where I ha- it's uh, it's been ultimately maybe selfish because I'm just so where I am not thinking about anything the blinders of stuck in the now i love to appreciate what's going on and i and with so many people lost you know um i'm glad i got to appreciate those moments and i uh i still can i still get to love them you know i still get to do that i i um uh, I still get to love them, even though they're not physically here. I still get that chance. So I, I like talking about Mark. I like talking about Rio. I like talking about Tony, you know. And, you know, for me, I like talking about Taylor. It's, there's 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 11 of them now in, in the last two years. and and um, But that's okay because I still get to love them, you know. So, and that will have to do. Yeah, because we're all going to hit the water. Yeah, we're going to all get hit the water. I'm still, like... More oysters. <laughs> like, <I'm> just... <laughs> and I'm like, play something else. <laughs> yeah, don't play that again. <laughs> this is not the last song I want to hear. Try yeah. something else. Well, but I, I, you know, someone was saying, well, that seems quite negative. And I was like, well, I don't think so at all. It's just very realistic and very. Why would that be negative? I, I don't what, know. Are we ignoring mortality in our 50s? I don't think so. To me, it's very positive, you know, because it's just like uh, admitting what's going on. Yeah, and and that's the first key to accepting something yeah. is saying I I fucking hate it, but I get it. And it's also not in keeping, as we established before, in in, in what the job description was. The whole idea. That's why I meant about denial. I wasn't being so specific to you. I was saying anybody who goes out there and plays in front of tons of people and and their whole life revolves around making art and being judged on it and making money from it. There's a fucking whole job description is to go through life being to some degree in denial. That's the whole fucking sure. point. Sure. <laughs> Isn't that yeah, the, what's sure. the point? Absolutely. Well, or just, you know, denial by proxy, like almost like, well, I'm going to try to overcome it anyways. I just think that the drawback here is that if if people, again, like I said, the adoration or hatred of, of strangers is a tough thing. I try I try to like, you know, I love our fans and, and, and I, but um, if someone thinks I'm the worst thing since sliced bread or the best thing since sliced bread, I know it's not true, you know. I just don't ever worry about that. Well, they're out to get you anyway. Yeah. Aren't they? <laughs> the kids, the man, the chicks, the breaks. Yeah. And as far as I'm concerned, if I was you, I don't care what you say anymore. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't matter thing. anyway. At least you know it's real. And I, I think at the end of the day, like I said before, for someone else to love it, I need to love it. For someone else to for to do something real for someone, it has to be real for me. So how could I write about anything else but the like most aggressively raw sections of my own life. I don't think I'm, I'm, I'm supposed to do that. That's the job. Yeah, that's the job. The job is to translate the pain. Yeah, that's the job. That's the job. Yeah. And find yeah. the hallelujah in it, you know? Yeah. yeah, you know? And then go out on stage and watch people react to it in real time. I loved watching you applaud. I loved watching you at Boston Calling finish the first two songs. And, cl- and immediately clapped. Well, they were so good. It was such a beautiful night. I was glad to be there. It was just, it was just so, it was such a simple gesture for me to see it. Um, I mean, to start with Misfit Love, first of all, fuck you. 
<laughs> it's so brutally brilliant. <laughs> well, that that feels good because that's the band I would like to be in if I could. It's the band that plays that. And so I think you have to, it's like setting the table. Like, how do you come out and say, who do I wish I are? You know, it's like, I are this. You yeah, know. It's, it's the perfect combination of the desert and Bowie I think you've ever captured. It's that perfect, just that fucking like, whoa, Bowie at his most like robot, like like very fucking Germanic. Don't you miss having Bowie around? And Prince. And I, I, I didn't know him at all. And Aretha. And Lemmy. <laughs> God, like I man. just miss, I miss my Bowie time. Yeah, you know, it you're... made it sound like tummy time, like, a, like <laughs> it kind of was though. It kind of was though. It was like it's in my tummy and it feels weird. <laughs> That's what Bowie is to me. Yeah. Bowie, even when I listen back to like Let's Dance or that album or whatever, which was Bowie at his kind of suited and booted stadium filling biggest. Yeah, it still feels like China Girl is just a weirdly strange song. That's a Nicky song. It's a Nicky song. That's right. Correct. Yeah. yeah, but there's the the even the last thing. Modern love is a fucking strange song. I don't yeah. want to go. I want to start get things done. Yeah, you know, it's just it's just so that whole era. And so and so if that's his most successful commercial, quote unquote. Yeah, the the rest of it is just the weirdest success story ever. It really is because it starts from an art place, such a heavily art place. And for me, I don't feel that a lot of stuff is starting from an art place too, especially because of the internet. People want to blow up and yeah, go viral. Yeah, it's like viral. attention first, attention currency first, and maybe gets artistic and, later. And, instead that. of, you know, and, and uh, where, you know, you need to emerge fully formed when you're on the internet. It's just like, it already needs to be done. This, or you'll have your growing pain shoved in your face on YouTube for the rest of your life. I, I can't imagine, like, like kids that are like nine, like, I'm going to pair, you know, I'm going to pair this apple. And, and just having to deal with that when you're 25, you're like, Jesus. You know, I, um, you know, having that shit held up in your face is really strange. Well, you were in the desert figuring it the fuck out. I well, mean, no one told you you were wrong. So you do something, you're like, is this right? And someone's like, I don't know. Yeah. You know, which is a great thing to have happen is just someone to deny knowledge, <laughs> you know, so you experiment on your own, you know, I've been collecting vinyl. That's my big midlife crisis. Baggy trousers and vinyl. It's pretty mellow. Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty mellow. And uh, wow, been, what a revolt! It's been a good one. Uh, <laughs> my wife's very happy. She's like, "This is you're good. <laughs> you have uh, a lot of pockets." <laughs> How are you putting vinyl in your jeans? Sometimes it's like I don't feel like I'm wearing even wearing trousers. It's awesome. Uh, today's a rare day. I wore jeans just for you. That's called the skirt. It's just one leg. Well, I knew if I wore my regular trousers, you'd have first thing you would have said to me after four years is, "What are those? <laughs> <laughs> what are you smuggling potatoes?" I couldn't fucking bear it. <laughs> you know. When you're 19, you're like, I wonder if I could change the world. And then you're like, well, at least the world that I'm in right now. Yeah, at least these hundred kids and these people in the desert. And, yeah. yeah. And and I think there's something wonderful about the gift of nothing, right? So, so the, like, the... <clears throat> oh, shit. Uh, evacuate the building. Lanigan, get out. <laughs> no, just the, the, the freedom to fail and... Um, the lack of influence, you know, I uh, and uh, saying, I wonder if this is right. It feels right. And just letting that be enough, you know, moving at the speed of inspiration and just um, being okay with that, you know. I, I, there's something gentle about that that's cool. I think learning should be gentle or people don't want to do it, you know. You show me a piano player who gets hit with a ruler by his piano teacher and I'll show you someone that doesn't play piano. Facts. You know? And I just think, in general, learning should be gentle like that. So you're 
include so you're including people yeah getting them excited about that's it. what it was it's like you guys were figuring it out in real time and and also you know you you were already broken that's what's so great about Caius is that the sound everything about it was not fucking right which is why it was so perfect yeah it was so heavy and deep and just fucking raw and powerful. Using the wrong shit, doing the wrong shit over and over. I guess we're like two wrongs don't make a right, but 40 wrongs make a weird. <laughs> 40 wrongs make it fucking perfect. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I highly recommend that while we're embracing this new Queens of the Stone Age era that we go, that you do go back if you listen to this podcast and um, really immerse yourself in where it began because um, those albums just age beautifully, bro. They are oh, wrinkled and aged, but they are lean and I still wouldn't fuck with them. I, if I saw Caius drinking in the bar right now and I thought I could take that old man he'd fucking kick my ass in an alley in a puddle <laughs> well we were brutal it was a br it was also a brutal place I realized how I grew up in a culture of violence too it's just like I realize how brutal things were you play you play a generator party where there's no law no adults and kids do all the extremes in one night they beat each other up they make out they they have sex they drink and they do it all at the very extreme level you know, and it was oftentimes it was terrifying to go there. You'd get butterflies. You know, you'd turn around this canyon and all these fires would be there. It's fucking Mad Max. It's the guy on the front of the fucking yeah, truck. Yeah, it's terrifying. It's, fucking, it's like fucking, <laughs> do it, little fucking skanger. <laughs> uh, that, but that's what it felt like. That's, yes, it's that, so really like, it is. witness me. Just all that <laughs> shit. <laughs> yeah, all that shit made so much sense to me. The first time I saw it, I was like, oh, where are you from? Are you from the desert? <laughs> yes. Look. Yeah, they're, yeah. From, they're from a harsher desert than even your desert, I think. I mean, the Australian True. desert is like... Oh, it's brutal. I mean, you've got to drive 65 hours to get from Sydney to Melbourne. There's nothing in between. But that's what you learn in the desert quickly, is that everything there kills you. And even the plants are like, get the fuck off of me. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. And, and Don't eat me. <laughs> and at night, everything really comes out, which I always felt like Caius and the party scene there too was like that. It was like... Actually, all the big animals come out at night. That's when you really need to watch your ass. Everything is nocturnal because uh, did you witness the day? It's just like uh, everyone's being baconed, frying. It's fucking, it's fucking miracle of life, dude. I mean, I, I've said this over and over again. It's a mantra for me because I'm, I'm catching up with people now making their 10th, 15th, 20th record. Uh, I feel like this when I saw Dave the other night off the record. We had this. We just had this night where we ended up being in the same room and it was beautiful and I felt so grateful just to still be around yeah. and for him to be around and you to be around and like dude you know we've known each other more than 20 years I love Dave so much you know and he's been through so much too um and everyone goes through all this stuff but to go through it even as terrible as some of it is you go through it at the same time it's good <laughs> to have because that tells me we're growing together naturally in the same direction, you know? And I just, uh, you know, I guess I just value that stuff. Uh, and it's not that I value it more than ever. It's just that I'm aware of it more than I'm, I'm aware of the size of it now before it's like you pull back the curtain. You're like, this, thank God this is here. But now it's like, pull all the curtain back. I want to see how far this goes, how yeah. much this care is, how much I... 
Because for the first time, I feel like in your life, as someone who knows you a bit to be able to say this, for, for reasons traumatic and difficult, as well as ultimately part of life that may lead to some form of reward, you had to stop. Dude, you never fucking stopped. You never stopped. Doesn't really matter what it was either. I never stopped. You never stopped. Do you? Well, you, but yeah. there was no reason to. There was no reason to stop. And, and that's good things, bad things, all things. Yeah. It just, I, you know, and also, you know, I like... Um, I like a brick wall and thinking through it, over it, under it, or around it. Which one are we going to do? But I don't ever think we're stopping here. And so I like, but after years of running through and around and over, you know, you start to drag a leg and you start to go slower. And it's like, uh, um, and emotionally you do that too. And, and, and philosophically you do that too. I just started to feel very, in my own way, because I never stopped either in my own way, I just started to feel very full up. Yeah. And, I, and that was the first time I realized that actually we are finite. Because yeah. we talk about the mind and all this stuff having infinite possibility and infinite space. And I was like, damn, I don't have a lot of space to ingest good stuff. Yeah. I got to download some shitty stuff. Yeah. I got to stop. I got to clear out. Right before the Iggy record. Excuse me. Um, I once saw this guy for the first time and he took my blood and all this stuff and he was telling me about my blood type and he was like dude he's like based on your blood type you like to give 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 and you don't like to take and i was like yeah and then he's he said uh, what i would like you to do is i would like you to i think you've probably accepted and agreed to do about five or six things just out of wanting to agree because you like the person even though you don't want to do them but you've agreed to it i'd like you to go home and cancel all five of those things was that like in wait that was it's like right before the iggy record and also didn't you call me up after that and cancel I... lunch <laughs> five times <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah all right <laughs> I'd booked five lunches because he always canceled them and he canceled them all in one go and I never understood why and now I realize. No, I had my people do it. <laughs> but so I did. I went home and I and I put I, I canceled these five things and and he said, You need to create space for the right thing to come in. There it is. Right. So and and uh There it is. And because I'd never been to a doctor and I was like, Well, I'm here, so I'll probably listen to him at least once, right? And he did, and then two weeks later Iggy called me and was like, you, you want to work together on Maker? And I was like, okay, now I have no other, I, that's my only metadata for if that works or not. But I was like, it did work so much so that I was, after the Iggy record, I was like, I don't know what to do now. Because I, that's the pinnacle for me. I always felt like there was trust, there was trust issues when it came to that sort of, when it came to that sort of stuff. Like, uh, I've got this. Like, it was like, I've got this. Don't worry about it. I got this. Uh, well, I think my thing is always like panic breeds panic and confidence breeds confidence. And I think, you know, if we're, if we're, you know, if you're leading people, you have to have somewhere to go and you, you don't, morale is everything in a, in a, in an art collective thing or, well, in general, morale is everything. And, um, certainly if, um, I don't think any of the roles that people play are more or less important. It's just, they're so also vital to, for the gestalt of the whole thing, you know? And I, I, um, but if it's your job to sort of steer the ship, even though you didn't build it, you don't put up the sails and all, if it's your job to steer, then being like, <laughs> Panicked, even if you feel that inside, it's not good to show that. That's what I understood. It will charter a direction. Right. And, and yeah. And, and like, um, it's important to, in the 
tough situations maintain your composure, you know? And uh, so I think oftentimes that made me sort of not acknowledge when I was feeling like, holy fuck, oh my God, you know? <clears throat> and that's cool. It got me here. I'm, co I'm, I'm cool with that, you know? That's not what I use necessarily now, but I'm good with it. Well, this album is um, more than any fan could ever have hoped or expected um, because it's it's right up there with the greatest you've ever made. I oh, mean, thank you. you know, you're, I appreciate you, that you're long down the road with this band. And, and dude, I mean, I've, I always said there's only two or three artists in my life that have never let me down. And, um, you know, from and I've let you down entirely. No, 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 no room for our usual sense of a usual game of table tennis with the jokes like yeah. genuinely you know every one of your albums has 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 delivered um i feel that way about deftones too they never fucking let me down yeah they're, they just they're show, serious they too. fucking show up they're every time yeah. yeah you know what i mean and um the fact that you're here and you've made this amazing album with your friends um and start to finish dude is fucking like negative space like when you yeah it's just fuck oh man it's like come on i guess the music side to you know it's just chasing a good feeling like you talk about that chorus going it's oh, such oh. a simple thing right just go heavy on the fucking crash and it just works right and and, and everyone goes boom boom boom, boom, boom and boom, and boom. so you're chasing a good feeling you go that wow that feels really good really good and then the question is well what are you going to do over that or what are you going to sing over that or, or are you going to say what you know but it does start with just chasing a feeling you know just trying to catch up to a good feeling <laughs> trying to run alongside a good feeling like hey you know and I, I but i think that's good i also think like just wanting to chase a good feeling that's just good enough god especially when you've been at a point in your life when you're not sure where you, the chase even begins like dude i i i know it man you've been there i've been there we recognize that in each other now we can talk about that off the record sometime you know it's yeah. at that, when those points when you're like i don't even know if i'm ever going to find a feeling worth chasing again yeah and i and I'd take it a step further. It was like, I don't, th when you're in moments where you're like, I don't think I'm going to make it, you know? And you're just like, ah, oh, this is that feeling. Like, I used to be really upset at Tony for what he did, you know, Bourdain. I was upset. Um, and then all of a sudden, I found myself going, oh, oh yeah, I got it. I got it. I get it. And, um, and, but then, I go back to that brick wall. It's like, but fuck this. I'm going to go, I'm going to go through it. I'm going to go around it. Um, I'll go under it because I just, I never had that feeling before. Like, I don't think I'm going to make it, but I've had it now. And I've had it in a multitude of situations in a very tight time frame, like a couple of years, you know, but I, um, but I'm also thankful for that too now because that, that making it through told me that I can make it through. You know, like I can. And I, I also would say that to somebody else. It's like, just try to make it through. And when you do, you'll know it's true. God damn it. Yeah. You, know, you, know, you, you can. And then I cried. And then Maggie laughed. She's such a little trooper. Yeah. That's all right, though, bro. That's all right. <laughs> In conversation with Joshua Homme, the new Queens of the Stone Age album and Times New Roman is streaming now on Apple Music. And thanks again for checking out our latest conversation right here on the pod.